Homeland enforcers broke the arms of an elderly news dealer this afternoon when he refused to share his week's receipts with them. Stacks of newspapers were tossed in the gutter as the thugs wrecked the business and made their getaway. Lunchtime crowds were paralyzed by the suddenness of the crime. Not a hand was raised in protest. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Willy Nilly, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you call that Dick Nilly? Hooah! <laughs> I'm Robert De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even just nipples, it's whole ass breasts. You can see them. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Oh, well, that was really bad Pacino um, <laughs> there. That so, was, wait, uh, that was yeah. Pacino? I tried. I tried. What can I say? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in such heavy face makeup that I just cannot oh, do okay. what I usually do. So okay. my bad. No, Sorry, it's guys. Fine. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll I be was, better. I was totally in the moment. I it sounded just like one of those characters from that movie that I don't know the <laughs> names of. That was great. This is episode three hundred and ninety. Three hundred and ninety. And tonight we're talking about Dick Tracy, the movie. Whoa, Dick. Whoa, yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, we're PG thirteen here, buddy. Listen, I mean, uh, would you like me to say Richard Tracy? There you go. <laughs> okay. To give it, you know, his mother's given name. So uh, his mom gave him that name. Might as well call him that. Okay, Richard Richard Tracy, Detective Richard. Was isn't Detective like short for Dick? So would he be like Dick Dick Tracy? <laughs> I think he would. And if someone pissed him off and they called him a Dick, it would be Dick Dick Dick. <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen. Okay, you're welcome. I, mean, I knew there was going to be a lot of Dick jokes on this episode, but I didn't expect it to be right out of the gate. Um, I am Sean Allred. You know well, yeah, but I mean, I, I figured yeah. it would be at least until we introduced our guests, and then yeah. And well, then... you know, if if Tess saw him, you know, showering, and was angry at him, <laughs> she would say, "You dick, 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 you're dick." <laughs> I lost count. It's amazing. Okay, um, I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. When do we eat, Jimison? <laughs> That is the question that I ask most of the time when I'm around people. So that, that's very fair. It is. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is fair. Sam. What? You can't believe everything you read online. Abe Lincoln said that. Vector. Absolutely. And Sean. Yeah. I've got this box over here. Yeah. I'd like you to, to sit in. Um, okay. And never mind the sound of the concrete truck backing up to it. But do you mind sitting over here for a second? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thanks. thank you. That's very nice. We'll finish the podcast and then and then I'll let you get out, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. They call that taking yeah. a bath, right? That was that was called take a bath or something. Take was, a bath. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just. But no one ever really struggled in that thing. Well, they were chained, right? right? They were all chained. Well, up. but still, anybody that was in grave peril never really struggled to get out of grave peril in this movie. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. We're going to talk about that later. Making yeah. their cheap seat, and I do say there because we have two guests tonight, which is both fun uh-huh. and unusual. Uh, Jason only eats chili cold, 
and Ryan, who sits in Jason's attic and listens to his conversations from the Esoterica Cinema Podcast. Thanks a lot for having me. This is uh, Jason, and this is my Al Pacino, since we're doing <laughs> Al Pacino impressions. That's so course, much better. You gotta make sure you go out with a big roar. <laughs> That's the key to the Al Pacino is the ending. Big finish. Nice. Title, that's yeah. tight, work. Gino. tight work, buddy. Oh, Appreciate man. the representation. God. Way to bring it. Oh, man. That was I am, get, get I am so ashamed. Here. I am so ashamed. <laughs> we, do, we like to do stupid impressions on our show as well. So anytime people bust them out, it's like, oh, shit. Like we, uh, uh, for our last, our, our last episode of season two, we did these comedy sketches on our show. And we basically did, um, I don't know if you ever saw those old 90s uh, SNL sketches where they did the Pulp Fiction auditions. And they had all of the different celebrities trying oh, yeah. to be like, so it's like Jack Lemmon trying out to be Chewbacca and stuff like that. Yeah, so we took yeah. that and we took all these like characters that we do and we had them try out for the movie that we watched on that episode, which was Michael Mann's The Keep. And so we've got Ryan who does two of the greatest voices you'll ever hear in Owen Wilson and Werner Herzog. Doing lines from the movie, it's it's fantastic. It's a wonderful. So yeah, all so, voices. We're suffice about it. it to say, Jason was biting his tongue, waiting for that Al Pacino impression for you guys to get through your <laughs> oh, intro. Oh yeah. So right? just credit where due. He uh, he held that one tight. For, we're we're waiting. On that one. <laughs> it was bottling up for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, Ryan. Thank now, you. I appreciate that, Ryan. <laughs> I will say, Sean does a great German accent. <laughs> Stop it. That, is that, that like creepy, high pitched German, like <laughs> Ray Fines in uh, Schindler's List? <laughs> Uh, no, the so I'm really bad at accents and, and impressions. The, the only way I can do it is if I hear it enough that I can just mimic the thing. So, like, yeah. what's, what Sam was referring to is like the one or two times where I would quote the little pigs from Shrek, where okay. in Shrek 2, when they go, Yeah, pigs in a blanket, like that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. But, but every, every uh, accent from Sean ends up turning into uh, pigs in a blanket. So <laughs> I love that that's so how much. Good are. I almost spit my beer out when you did that, Sean. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sorry. great. Uh, but, but yeah, thank you for having us. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yes. For I'm... better or worse. We'll see how this goes. But thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm very excited for this. and Long I'm... overdue. Yeah. And what a movie to have us oh, on for, too. I was so stoked Perfect. that this was oh. what we landed on. So much fun, right? Because sometimes, you know, like a movie, even sometimes like a bad movie can be fun if it's like, if it just leans into how bad it is, right? So <laughs> the worst thing you want is like a boring movie, right? As long as there's something like some weird ass meat on that bone for you to pick apart. And this definitely had that. Oh, yeah. So I Prosthetic guess meat by, uh, by the pound, yeah. <laughs> so I do want to, to kind of give the reason why we landed on this movie, because there is a reason. I didn't pick this uh, willy-nilly. Not that I would ever do anything willy-nilly, but uh, except I think we kind of formed the podcast willy-nilly, but that's not willy the point. Willy-nilly, yeah. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you call that dick-nilly? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> More dick jokes all day long. Uh, <laughs> all dicks all the time on Cheap Seat Reviews. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was our second choice for what we were going to do, our tagline. So. <laughs> 
yeah, legal turned us down, so we went with the other one. We've had a, we've <laughs> had a lot of different down. you know possible uh, slogans throughout the years. At one point, it was going to be uh, uh, quantity over quality, and then you yeah. know yeah, and uh, Dick Nilly, yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> oh my goodness! So the uh, so again, the reason why we picked these movies, this movie, is that uh, we decided that April was going to be the month where we review all of the movies that we saw f- our first theater experiences. Right, the the first yeah. oh, movie. Wow. We saw in the theater, yeah. and Dick Tracy was Andrews. Yeah, wow, very nice. Yeah. So this, so, I'm guessing this is back in 1990. How old were you in 90? Okay, so yeah, um, so I got to give a little backstory. My mom was the uh, supervisor of of three McDonald's stores, and McDonald's had this big thing when Dick Tracy came out, uh, and they had the little yellow hat, and uh, you know some Dick Tracy gear, I guess. And they got free tickets, like this. The store supervisors, managers, uh, owners of the stores, and stuff. You know, they got free tickets to go see Dick Tracy. Um, I was five years old. Now, should a wow. five-year-old see this movie? <laughs> I don't know, and I don't think my mother knew at the time. Um, but it was <laughs> it was myself, my mom, and then one of my mom's friends, and uh, another girl who was five as well she was in my kindergarten class and we all went to see this together so we got a flat nice. tire on the way to the theater i remember that's why this is such a memorable thing this is the first time i'd ever experienced a flat tire and uh, we still made it on time for the movie yeah nice flat awesome. tire is also uh, my favorite dick tracy villain hey! i like flat tire <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i bet you he was one well, back in the day, he's probably in there somewhere in a group shot. Yeah. So. Yep. He has to he has to walk with a limp or something like his shoe yeah, is always right. untied. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. Like they all had a gimmick, and that was that was they all had a gimmick. Uh, so so yeah so yeah the rest of this month will be those types of movies, uh, and next week uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and tease it next week because I usually forget what the movie is. But next week we're doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Here's wow. That was, nice. That was for me. Ninja rap, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vanilla Ice. Oh, I knew those words. So that was. For I've me. Uh, I've worked with Vanilla Ice a couple times. Actually, I've been on stage with him. Awesome. I have photo evidence of Seriously? such things. Wow. Absolutely. Nice. That's really. He, cool. And he did. He did, in fact, do the Ninja rap. I saw That's it. That's Live. Oh, I've seen God. this live. Uh, if I go into my hard drives, I think I can find some video evidence of this. Maybe I'll post it to your did, uh, uh, Twitter. Did you ever just run into him, like <laughs> accidentally? No. No, thank God. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Again, yeah. No, we're not Ryan. What's up? We're not homies. Yeah, we're not on a yeah. first name basis. I've just I've worked, oh, okay. worked well, with him. Because uh, it would have been really work. creepy, right, if you were to Stop just it. run into him willy nilly. Yeah, I think everyone feels yeah. that way in America. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It'd be funny if all of a sudden Vanilla Ice just keeps popping up every time Ryan turns around, right? Gets home and he's like, "Hey, buddy, what's up?" Right? Oh, I'm just gonna go inside now, right? Like, like the creepy shadow the turns around. Yeah. Hi, friend. Yeah. Right. He's like trimming my hedges uh, awkwardly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I made you breakfast, bro. Fresh That's sweet. what we're calling it nowadays. I, I almost don't even want to explain it, Sam. I just want to leave it uh, yep. there. Because uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a reason why Sam asked that very specific question. But um, I think I might just leave it where it is because this is funnier okay. than what actually happened. Um, yeah. Inside uh, joke, I guess. It's a, yeah, it's Look. a, now I have to tell it. Basically, I was, <laughs> doing, a, do. I was doing an event. <laughs> I appreciate context at this point. I was doing an event, and Ashley Judd was one of the keynote speakers, and she was coming off stage. I was walking backstage to start helping break down gear, and we turned the corner, and we physically bumped into each other. And 
Nice. And I, oh, I'm, I'm a misjudge. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Said, it's okay. And then that was it. Like she just kind of scooted by and walked away. So nine I told months that later, she had a child. <laughs> so I told two weeks that... later, Sean's body is covered in food because he won't shower. Right. Because she wants her essence on him. <laughs> she is a beautiful woman in person, and um, but yes. very, very, I, very uh, short. Sure. I mean, she's like yeah, she's lovely, like five two or something. But like, wait, was, oh, didn't wow. she? Didn't she just about die on a safari? Oh, I don't know. In she Africa? did. I, yeah. yeah, that was her. Right? Yeah. That was yeah. her. That was yeah, she like broke her leg and they had to haul her out yeah. on a, on a, on a yeah. makeshift gurney with sticks and ra- rags and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, Very, I mean, Sean, you might have already, you might have injured that leg to start with. And then <laughs> I and then they just finally gave up. On I the, started on the, 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 the fracture yeah. and, and the safari finished it. That's crazy. Oh, man, yeah. you're going to get served papers tomorrow. You're, that's exactly <laughs> what they're going to be about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay moving on so next week's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 uh, we're going to yep. finish the month off with The Little Mermaid with our special guest Lady Wan who is probably our most returning guest uh, yep. she gets her own movie that's her first film so we're going to review The Little Mermaid and then our last movie is Watership Down because Ugh. Sam's parents are evil <laughs> yes they are absolutely yeah. wow. what Whose yeah. first movie? That was Sam? That's your first that movie? Watership Down? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure yeah. that it went like this. I'm sure the parents thought, oh, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It'll yeah. be fine. What could go no, wrong? You know what they were like? They got together and they're like, you know what? Movies are evil. What could we do to organically turn him off movies for the rest of his life? Yeah. I you have know, I, I, I would not put that past my parents. <laughs> yeah. They've doomed you to a life of podcasting. That's that is exactly what they did, um, among other things. So, time for five word reviews. No, it's not. <laughs> it's time to say what is this movie? Dick Tracy, nineteen nineties Dick Tracy. We've talked almost zero about the movie at this point, but that's okay. That that might that happens when we're on episodes. We don't know why. It just does. Well, I think also it 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 might speak to the movie itself. I don't know. Maybe because uh, we have found that if there's a movie we don't like, sometimes we don't talk about it very much. Um, <laughs> But maybe that's not the case here. So, Andrew, well, but maybe yeah, I was gonna say, may, what what about this movie might turn us off to it? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. What is it, what's it about? Yeah. Are you asking me to read something? Yes, okay, sorry. <laughs> this is legacy podcasting at its to best, right? Here. It to you. Well, usually it comes a little more like in my face. That was pretty organic, which I'm proud of. I'm sorry I ruined the moment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dick Tracy, 1990, the comic strip detective finds his life vastly complicated when Breathless Mahoney makes advances towards him while he's trying to battle Big Boy Caprice's United Mob. Wait, okay. Breathless Mahoney? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I don't, why don't I remember Breathless Mahoney? I know Big Boy or whatever. Madonna? Madonna, Madonna yes. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> okay. This is that how makes, everybody that's that everybody's name back sense. then in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even the attractive women had to sound like overweight gangsters. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that I would be considered breathless. Yeah, right. Like some guy like flight of stairs. It's weird. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Tess is the only one with a normal sounding name, really, in the movie. Kind of think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's fine. All right. So time for some five word reviews. Uh, and Sam goes first. Oh, well, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm, I'm going to break the ice here, but I've got two of them, All right. right? 
I've got Technicolor Film Noir Wannabe. All right. <laughs> And then um, my second one, and this is a little bit more of a real review, and that is Colorful Star-Studded Dud. Mm. Wow. Okay. I I did not like this. This was a chore for me today, guys. I had a hard mm. time getting through this movie. Um, I I appreciate the, the comic book aesthetic, but the story felt just boring. Um I, I enjoyed the only thing I really enjoyed in this movie wasn't the the weird looking villains or the detective story, but good God, Madonna was hot back in the nineties. <laughs> Holy cow, she was the best part of this whole film, and it was only because they didn't put her in prosthetic makeup. So um, I I thought it was I thought it was kind of slow. I think um, it could have even been trimmed another ten minutes to to make it a little more uh, tight. But uh, I thought it was. I, I didn't enjoy it. And I remember watching this back in the day. Um, I think it was right after I, uh, I, uh, was retired from my job. I went to this movie and saw it. Um, and you know, and, and kept looking down at the gold watch they gave me, um, <laughs> during the, the thing. Cause it just took, it just takes too long to get anywhere and it's silly. And I also have to mention this felt like a Batman movie without the cool Batman stuff. <laughs> Even the music alone, well, I, I yeah. swear. I, did Elfman do this movie? Yeah, music? this is oh, absolutely. Yeah, this oh, okay. is Elfman as shit. All right. Yeah, well, is, then that there's this some is, recycled stuff there going. Yeah, this is right on the heels of of it's Batman. It's the score after Batman, literally. Yeah. So, yeah. It, honestly, right, so this, it's like the stuff he had left over. Yeah. Yeah. This is totally. the stuff that was on the cutting room floor, um, for from Batman, and I thought the soundtrack was bad. Um, maybe not so much the Elfman stuff, only. because if he could have made it sound a little different, but the old 1930s, 40s, whatever it was, um, you know why it sucked? Music was bad. Was that? It was Sondheim. I was gonna say, you know, you know who wrote that music, right? <laughs> really? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh my One gosh. Mr. Stephen well, Sondheim did the the Madonna songs. I feel really bad, but I didn't like it, and I didn't. I just. Which, which is I, so funny because it won an Oscar. Right. Wow. I think didn't it win like three? Yes, for yeah, best music, original song, right? Um, yep. Best makeup and best art direction. Yeah, which so I'll give it two I, of the three. I agree. I didn't really care for the the songs, but yeah, yeah I, but the way they were used, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel quite um, in in the zone, in the set, in the background. It just it just didn't feel right. And I I've seen comic movies comic book movies nowadays of course you've got all this cgi all this extra computer work that you could put into it so i could see that they were trying to get the like i mentioned before the technicolor um uh, color set out there but i just think they could have done a better job with it so i i wasn't all impressed with it folks okay that's fine that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine um so now usually we do a guest. Uh, we'll flip a coin. Jason goes next. All righty. So for uh, firstly, just a little bit of color here. Have not seen this film since I saw it. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I probably saw it like when it came out on video shortly thereafter. Did not like it at the time. I remember thinking it was <laughs> very scary and very unappealing and, you know, never saw it again. I actually did enjoy it this time around, despite the fact I recognize there's a ton of problems with it, and we'll go into those things that pulled me through it. My five-word review for this film, 
Horny live action adult cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I think that this film was just, it was the weirdest thing that it was packaged and sold and presented as a family film because this film is horny and oh, yeah. it's like, I can think there's, there's one line in particular. It's the ice cream line where it's like so far beyond what's acceptable for uh, a family film. And, and we'll get there later, but uh, yeah, this was like, again, it kind of felt like, like almost like a, like cool world. If you guys remember that, like, yeah, shit, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. where it was like, it was kind of sold to kids because it had this cartoon element, but it was very much not for kids. That's exactly how I felt about this. I swear at one time I thought Madonna was, was naked. She uh, was. You she totally was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like in the quote Those... lingerie, that's really just See-through. not even there. Yeah. Like it's you just totally sheer material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which again, this I'm was not origi- complaining if it's you know in a certain context, but yeah, if I was like, "Hey, kids," you know, I don't yeah. know that I'd really want to see Madonna's breasts out there. This was uh, originally supposed. To, well, it was going to be released under Disney titles, yeah. right? And and then oh, wow. because it was so racy, it then moved on to their what is it, what's the Mirror, tomb, tombstone tombstone touchstone touchstone touchstone, touchstone. touchstone. in Miramax? Yeah. They own both of those, but yeah. Tombstones of pizza, you know where I feel. Yep. When do we, when do we eat? Andrew says as he turns off his mic. Uh, all right, Ryan. Um, I, I'm going to kind of join both of these uh, together <laughs> and say Dis- Disney made 90s dads Batman. Uh, be- because that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like Batman for dads. Like, hey, <laughs> it's uh you know do you like uh, comic books from when you were a kid but also naked boobs cool <laughs> <laughs> right and like the wife can't even get mad at you right like what honey i'm here with the kids you wanted us right. to be here Don't it's a comic book get mad at madonna it's nothing don't worry about it <laughs> we'll talk when we get home uh yeah i actually really did enjoy this movie i think it did suffer for a lot of the reasons you guys already mentioned um, I won't disagree with any criticisms of this film. I think it's a personal experience. You either like it or you don't. You guys are probably going to go through the same thing with Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Use uh, <laughs> next week. So buckle up for that. Um, I will say uh, where I think it did suffer is the story. Um, this is uh, from the writers of Top Gun. I don't know if you guys uh, saw that. And Turner and Hooch. So they like came out swinging with Top Gun. Then they kind of went down to Turner and Hooch and then they did this film and then they relegated themselves to things like Anaconda, Anacondas and Flintstones, (laughs) Fever Rock, Vegas. Okay, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Can somebody please do John Voight? The jungle can kill you in a thousand ways. Somebody step up, please. (laughs) Please. Yeah. The only I don't thing, even remember the delivery of that line. The only yeah. way, only thing I can do in that movie is the after he gets barfed up by the snake is do the wink. Do the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your, your listeners can't hear the. I wink. know my favorite. That's going to work great for a podcast. Oh no, it's it's amazing. Uh, my favorite though uh, from Anaconda is the scene after the Anaconda eats the British uh, commentator guy. They didn't film a shot of the boat leaving the waterfall, so they just reversed the shot. And so the water, <laughs> the water is going and backwards. The waterfall goes up. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> Dude, I uh, I actually have fond memories of seeing that with my buddy Josh in a $2 theater in Eagle Rock with Spanish subtitles. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's See, amazing. That's where, we, that's where we learned actually a couple swear words in Spanish. Because <laughs> we heard them and saw them and went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
I tell you though, Anaconda is one of those movies. It's like Tremors, right? If it's on, I kind of just stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to see the 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 horribleness of it. So yeah, the jungle can kill you in a thousand ways. Thousand ways. It's more breathy yeah. though. He, <laughs> he has that. He's got a little more of the breath. I can't really do anything, but he's done. The jungle can kill you in a thousand ways. Yeah, that's there you good. go. That's closer. Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter is really weird and hot. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at so the much. writers of these guys, man. You're not wrong. Like Top Gun, Legal Eagles, Turner and Hooch, Dick Tracy, Anaconda, Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas. Wow. Uh, Anacondas 2. And then that's kind of it until they get credit for Top Gun Maverick because the characters are based on their work. Yeah. So basically, yeah, so... they they hit it big in the eighties, and then they got hit, they got hooked on either cocaine or lewds, and then just <laughs> completely flatlined after that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, in all fairness, this script was just leftover material from Turner and Hooch. It did. It was <laughs> so instead of the kid, like the dog is the kid part, right? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you he know does it had... a lot. I was just gonna say they had their entire uh, lives to you know write those for that first one, right? It's like the sophomore slump, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like one a year, they've got to crank out. Come on, who can do that? Yeah, no one. <laughs> That's who. Uh, Andrew. All right, I have a couple of uh, five-word reviews that aren't five words. Actually, the first one is okay. Thirty <laughs> seconds, no more dick. Thirty seconds, no more dick. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say that. That is five words, though. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I have comic book movie Schumacher tried to recreate. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I never I, thought of that. I thought yeah, about I, Schumacher several times watching this film. Yeah. When I remember the atrocity that is Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, um, I, I when I saw this, I, I saw Schumacher's brain functioning as he watched this movie saying I could recreate Batman and do it that way mm-hmm. and fail miserably. Um, however, I don't think that they don't, they failed making this. I really don't because I think that this is, uh, as Jason said, I, it's kind of a, it's an adult cartoon and, and it's, it's done well to be live action people in a cartoon um, if you think about just the the you know the mob characters and their makeup, you know you said this movie won an Oscar for makeup, uh, and that's inspired our our top three at the end of the show today. But it, you know, for the time period for 1989 or whatever that was, uh, I'm sorry. Do you guys hear a harmonica playing? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was an accordion. To be honest. Uh, that would be my child who's thought, supposed to be asleep. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, up. Uh, I'm disappointed he's playing an instrument and signaling it to you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a chat. But anyway, uh, <laughs> how to get away you know, with? You know, we don't I, play I just harmonicas really think... in this house. We play at least no. some sort of low brass or uh, That's right. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I do have a little nostalgia for this movie. But to be honest, because it is the first thing I ever saw in a theater on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But after watching it again, I kind of had the opposite reaction of you, Sam. Oh, really? I, I like this movie. This movie, and I, I think that and the story is right, Ryan. 
I mean, the story is, is not great, um, as you said, but uh, the way that it's done, I think if that one element were better, I think if the story were better, this would be a really great film. I agree. Be- because yeah, the, I like the use of the primary colors, just like you would have on a comic strip back in the 1930s. This comic strip debuted in 1931. And so you're not going to have all the colors that we have that we use in comics today because they didn't have that technology to put it on the page. Um, so I think that they really took and translated the comic strip to the screen. And I think they did a pretty good job with it. I, I do, too. Right yeah, on. Definitely, definitely, man. I, I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, but just, uh, you know, it, uh, I hope that we do get to a point. I'm sure Jason's locked and loaded for this as well, because we think the same way. Uh, but this is stacked in, in talent behind the camera. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the people that worked on this film, uh, to all of our credit, when we're talking about we like this film and it's a quality film and this and that. The writers, obviously, we've talked about that. But just you know, I, I, I'm not going to go down the list yet. We'll get uh Sean's top, uh, you know, five words and whatnot, but, uh, it is worth mentioning that, uh, they, they swung for the fences on this thing. And so in a lot of ways to, to your point, um, I, I do think it landed, I yeah, think, yeah. That, you know, a lot of these people well, did their job very well. And I, I mean, do wonder how the... many, sorry, I, I just quickly, I do wonder how many of these actors wanted to do these roles because it was a part of their childhood. Because if you think about it, the people that played in this movie now are in their 80s, uh, a lot of them, or, mm-hmm. or up there. And they would have been, you know, children or very, very young in the 1930s, 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a passion yeah. project of Beatty's. I mean, it took him, you know, he was trying to get it off the ground for a long time. And the one thing I will just say as well before we go to Sean, too, which is like, uh, you know, uh, Sam, you're absolutely right. Like, the the story does not work in this. And frankly, I think it, it never... It was trying to find a story as it went on and it never found it. And that's why about halfway it starts to like drag for me a little bit. But I will say that I like to remind people that like a film is a pie chart, right? It's very much like your character creation at the beginning of your RPG, right? You only have so many skill points that you can put into all these different avenues, right? And so if you've got you know, a ton of points in sound and a ton of points in art design and a ton of points in acting. Like you may not always have a ton of points left over for that story <laughs> element, right? But that doesn't discount the fact that all the other elements are dope. So, you know, well, that's kind of the way I look, look at it. If you look at this, the star list, the, the actor list in this movie, you would, you would think, holy crap, without naming the movie and without name, you know, the story, when you see things like Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, um, uh, even even Madonna and Warren Beatty, you really uh, that is an incredible cast, incredible cast. And uh, I, I think it does service the movie. Well, I just I just didn't like it. Just sure. He meant Al Pacino. Uh, sh- not, Sam. He meant Al Pacino. Yeah, not yeah, Robert, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is not in this film. <laughs> what? Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is Joe Pesci. It was, it was Al Pacino and Dustin Hoffman are the two. Yeah, Sam is for. is usually either at best bad with names and at worst just makes shit up, and then and then just stays with it for the bit, right? So, hey, look, I'm not certain De Niro wasn't in this film. Uh, people just kept showing up halfway through all this that film. Makeup. Dick Van Dyke shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. Like, what? Yeah. What is this? And crap. <laughs> yeah, it was because we're watching the. This is one of those movies that gives a lot of the uh, credits at the beginning, 
and we get this great kind of cartoon-made sweeping shot of the city, and and all these actors are going like, "Oh, Mandy Patinkin, we just saw him in and uh, Princess yeah, Bride, and, Princess Bride." Oh, and that's uh, uh, oh yeah, Dick Van Dyke is in this. I don't remember him being in this, and oh, that guy is in this. Like, like oh my yeah, gosh, Paul like, Sorvino, right? Like, yeah, right. Paul just, Sorvino. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's coming off a of Rain Man, crushing. James Caan. Yeah. James Caan. James right? Caan. Yes. Yep. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy Bates is in this movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Pick yeah. her up. She yeah. must have a She's big the part. stenographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Green. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. so like, what was were favors called in? I mean, it just it just seems like it's <laughs> it's a crazy Seriously. coincidence that there's so many big name actors in this thing. I mean, James. Well, it was just it was Disney's tentpole. I mean, this was. It's hard to remember now, but this was their summer blockbuster. Like, that's what this was designed to be. Like you talked about, it had the McDonald's sponsorship and everything. And then they just came out with this very bizarre adult product that, like, from what I understand, it it absolutely, like, it didn't lose money, but it didn't provide them the... I'm I'm looking right now. Like, franchise that they needed, right? It was like... So it grossed... The budget was about $47 and it grossed one hundred and sixty-two. So yeah, in 1990, now that's not bad. And you've now you've got to figure that because it was a summer movie with the sponsorships and everything, like double that for marketing costs, right? But you're still that's at least breaking even. But look, I I might yeah. be a little. I don't know. You know, I'm not here to to compare and contrast ages here, but I do think I'm a couple years older than a few of you guys. I was uh, 10 or 11 when this dropped. And I remember this movie very well. It was on all the McDonald's cups. You know, it was something that I really wanted to see. I remember the Dick Tracy watch toy. I wanted that really bad. Um, you know, they marketed this to me personally, and I wanted to see this film. I was all about it. I was coming off of Batman and going into Ninja Turtles, and somewhere in between was Dick Tracy, and I was going to eat it up with a spoon. Let's do this. Sears catalog, Christmas, 1990. <laughs> well, and isn't it funny that we all now are, are pretty much Dick Tracy with our our phone or uh, watches uh, that yeah, can yeah, talk to right. us and we could talk to us. Getting so. interrupted during our children's school performance and having to step out and take care yep. of business. You mean when you're exactly. at the opera, you get a call, you leave, you go to a whole different part of town, you look at a crime scene, you go back and she's still singing the same note. Right back in, yep, because Dick Tracy works efficiently. Oh, I love that gag. Okay, it's time for my five-word review. All right. Yes, let's hear it. Five-word review. I got a couple of them, uh, which this is actually only four, so I'm going to give Andrew one. Uh, Comic brought to life. Just because it's not like a comic book, it's like the comic strips. I can do that. I'll give five. Comic strip brought to life. But uh, my main one is tropey, over-the-top, fun. I had a blast with this movie. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I went into this thing being kind of grumpy about it. I was also just, for whatever reason, just kind of grumpy yesterday. I don't really know why. I had a fine day at work and whatever, but I was like, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe I am. (laughs) It could be very possible. Manstrating. Yeah. So I sit down to watch this thing, and I'm also kind of annoyed that I have to watch it with ads, but again, whatever, it's fine. And. I'm you didn't have to. You could have paid the four dollars. Let's just not get that out of the way. Cheap seat. <laughs> the podcast that doesn't pay for shit. So, yeah, we. Uh, so, th- I was in as soon as we got into the cartoon cityscape. I was like, "Oh, this is what this is." Because I'd forgotten. I'd seen this thing when I was a kid, and I watched mm-hmm. it a bunch of times. There's th- literally here are the two things I remember from this movie going into it. I remember the 
ridiculous fight scene at the end with the you know the Thompsons and and the cars yeah. and whatever. I remember that scene, and I remember um, lips eating those oysters or, or whatever. <laughs> it's so gross. It's that was so like on the most disgusting part of the movie. Because again, I was I was young enough that I didn't care about Madonna, so I don't remember her. Like I didn't remember her sex appeal yeah. because I don't I didn't care. Um, yeah. So like so as I'm watching it this time, I'm like, ooh, there's a. That's a lovely Madonna there. She's very, <laughs> but like all of the other set pieces, I loved this thing. I like my wife. I again watched this with my wife. She says, "Why does everyone look weird?" And yes. I said, "Because that's how they were drawn back in the '30s and '40s to to distinguish mm-hmm. them from just Dick Tracy. They had to use a little. You know, they didn't have a lot of real estate to work in the comic strip, so they have to make them look weird. And I loved that everyone looked weird." <laughs> I loved yeah. it. I did. I thought it was just so well done. I was in this world. Yes, the story is dumb. Like it really doesn't make sense the whole point, right? Like I don't understand yeah. why she plays both sides. Like she frames <laughs> him, but then she also helps him. Like either either she doesn't know if she loves him or not. So she like it, it I never quite understood her plan. <laughs> but yeah. But also I I kind of stopped caring. You know, I'm just like, you know what? Let's just go for the ride. The The trope of the two uh, detectives that hang out with uh, Dick Tracy the whole time, all they do is just repeat each other. They're basically Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Like, right. I don't know why it worked for me. Like, sure, normally sure. that kind of shtick just annoys the hell out of me. It worked. I was laughing. Every time they would repeat themselves, I chuckled. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and I love that they like also just like give it to you right out of the gate with all of like the grotesque people. Like they're like, "Oh, we're three minutes into the movie. Here's a poker game with all of them sitting around here." And then yeah. you've got like my favorite is the guy who has the tiny face inside of like the giant one. Like, yeah. what the hell is that? Why does he look that way? Yeah. Like, and then you've got this dude who has like Michelin Man face. Like he's just like constructed of rows of tire rubber or something and it's like what is going on here yeah yeah this today would be completely canceled because (laughs) (laughs) because if you called somebody prune face yeah you would be shut down yeah (laughs) no you're you're right i mean yeah i just i don't know what it is this movie worked for me the style worked what i love about it and uh jason i think i'm I'm piggybacking your point is that warren Beatty said this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna go all in they committed to the bit right Mm -hmm. this movie is full-on extra the entire movie (laughs) and and i don't know why but it totally worked for me this time and so i had a blast with this i'm so glad we watched this and now I'm a little dis- like I'm a little scared for next week because I'm gonna probably watch that turtles movie and go, oh, this is so bad. So I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. But yeah, this this totally worked for me. Yeah. Future you won't be wrong. Future <laughs> future Sean is gonna nail that on the head because it is terrible. Uh, <laughs> by, by the way, did you guys see who shot this film? Uh, this the, is, no. This was shot by a gentleman named Vittorio Storaro. Yeah who is an Academy Award-winning cinematographer who shot Apocalypse Now, yeah. among many other things. <laughs> yeah, when, oh, wow. when you were talking about behind-the-scenes like, stuff, I was like, oh, let's, let's see who he's talking about. And you're right. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. yeah well, no, you know, I will say that a lot... Now. It's insane. Yeah. I, the 
as I was watching this, you know, the camera scene where you go to the club the first time, you get this far away uh, scene of the city, and then it draws close up on this one building where the club Ritz is happening. Yeah. And you see a car drive, and I thought, you know, as as cartoon as they made the rest of the the uh, city, you get here and you feel like it's real life. And yeah. it's, but yet it's still very cartoonish. But the and seamless, I just thought, yeah, they made that seamless. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love too that like, if you look like I, and you can, you can correct me if you know this to be wrong, but as I was watching, I believe they used a lot of painted backdrops. That was yeah. like what yeah. it looked like. Right. And that's, that's basically like 1920s surreal German expressionism, right? Like yeah. they did that in the cabinet of Dr. Caligari to give it this crazy surreal feeling. So mm-hmm. when they're able to take those techniques and use them with like modern day, what at the time are modern day techniques, uh, again, it just, it, it feels like a living cartoon better than something that would come 10 years earlier and say like Sin City, which I love Sin City. But I, but you can tell that SimCity is computer, right? It's the the actors mm-hmm. very clearly feel like they're up against a green screen. Whereas when you use these like uh, painted backdrops, um, it's the same thing as you know using uh, you know actual puppetry for your characters instead of CGI, right? There's yeah. a tangible quality that gets picked up and transfers through that lens, and I love that. Yeah. The only scene that kind of took me out of it was the train scene. I'm glad you brought where that up. Where he's chasing he's chasing kid through the train yard and it it was very uh, well I, that's a hard scene to do in, in the format that they did it um because it wasn't as seamless as everything else well but, you also can't throw a kid in front of a train exactly that's what you can't say that. well <laughs> 1990s they probably by the way was that kid from hook or yeah, that's yeah. The boy from hook. oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, Charlie Charlie Corsmo. That's also from Can't Hardly Wait, Jason. One of yeah. our favorite movies. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Can't. I love Can't Hardly Wait. Oh my gosh. Oh, I got. I had Charlie such a Corsmo. crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt. For I got. Ever, I, I got grief so. about that. On the, I appeared on another show on Monday, um, in which my job was to attack American Pie. Um, yes. Which I hate. Um, but I mentioned. Oh, wow. I mentioned that, you know, a better version of that movie is Can't Hardly Wait. And the two guys on the show are like, yeah, but that movie's trash, too. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. No, it's but not. I it's liked great. it, but yeah, apparently. They I'll die on that hill with you, Sean. I'll, I'll be there, too. We'll all stand <laughs> yeah. up there. Well, damn it. I could have used you Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, also, of- it's also a fun connection because Ryan and I went to film school and he actually shot my film that was very much sort of like my take on a very Can't Hardly Wait style setup where it was at a party and everything. So, like, I think, do, do you think of that, too, when the movie comes up, Ryan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So this kid. I still, make, I still make fun of Sean when he wears our podcast T-shirt. Um, around about wearing the you know wearing your own t-shirt um like, you like, just can't I, do have that, no so. I have no shame <laughs> <laughs> if we don't promo ourselves who will right. in all fairness Podcasters. in all fairness mm-hmm. i wear this every wednesday when we record um because my wife won't let me wear it. no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no we were we hung around uh two week three weeks ago we were all together for a friend's birthday and i wore my cheap seat reviews hoodie the whole weekend and i didn't care um. <laughs> so the kid that we're talking you're proud. about. Oh yeah, as you should be. Hey Sean, where you can where can you find a hoodie like that? <laughs> oh, you can go to well, our. I store. wanted to get one. Yeah, you go to our store. Uh, if you go to cheapseatreviews.libson.com, there's a link for our store. 
which is T Public, and you can go buy our hoodie. I don't know if they're on sale right now, but whenever you listen yeah. to this, it might be. Just go check it out. If it's on sale, go buy a hoodie. It's great. You can also visit the Cheap Seat store in the Concord Mills Mall. No, we're not there. Yeah, <laughs> in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, so this, check that out. So the kid, uh, like we, we just mentioned, I just want to. This is interesting. So this is a kid, and I, I applaud him. Right. So this is a kid yeah. actor who does um, Men Don't Leave, and then Dick Tracy, and then something called Heat Wave TV movie. What about Bob? As one of the kids. Oh, the, that's another good, yeah. good old comedy. The Dreyfus yeah. Dreyfus and and uh, what's his name hated each other. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that story where he like screamed in his face, "You were tolerated," and walked away. I love that. <laughs> yeah. The doctor so, Hook, hanging there. Andrew, oh, go ahead. Uh, can't hardly wait. Seven years later, becomes a teenager, and then takes twenty years off of acting, and then comes mm-hmm. back in twenty eighteen to do something called Chained for Life. He was hair director. And that's it. Just those eight films. But mm-hmm. you know what? If you don't want to do it, man, don't do it. Like, do it. You know, you know, yeah. Like, good for you for yeah. getting out. I mean, he probably still gets a check for Hook every now and then, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So, good for him. It's what were you going to say, Andrew? <laughs> No, I was going to say, he was born in 78. So, he was like 11 when this thing went down, right? Or probably 10 when it was filming. Um, and, you know... For a kid, a ten year old, I have a I have an eleven year old and an eight year old. They're around the same age. And I think of them trying to do something like this. I mean, this kid's a good actor at at that age. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's on the same level as Macaulay Culkin and in, in, in my mind as far as child actors go. Yeah. I'm always impressed with like child actors. Just like yeah. any uh, anytime kids honestly, anytime, any performance. Dance, sing, go out there, tell jokes, whatever. It's like, dude, when I was 10, like, I wouldn't even speak up at the adults party, let alone, like, go on stage and command an audience. Like, bravo, little kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I was, I'm just looking at this cast. It's just incredible. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. So, at one point, there's a, a scene where I can't remember when, where it was, but a couple cops just randomly walk up and he goes, Everything okay? And he goes, Yeah, we're fine. And then they leave. But one of those cops was Cole Meany, who I know from Star Trek The Next Generation, so he's our Star Trek connection for this episode. Mm. But um, there's so many times where my wife would go, hey, I know that guy. And I go, oh, that's James Khan. Uh-huh. And she go, I don't know who that means, what that means. I said, uh, the dad from Elf. She's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> You yeah. know, and Charles just... Durning shows up out of nowhere. The uh, guy that wanted Kermit the Frog's frog legs in the Muppet movie, and he was the police <laughs> chief in the sting. Um, <laughs> so Forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is yeah. he the is he the like heavy heavily accented cop guy? Like, oh, we gotta go now, Sonny. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That's Charles Durning. <laughs> I I love the fact that the police chief is relegated to babysitting Dick Tracy's not kid. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Oh, Dick will be back in just a little while. Just come here and have some Cheerios or something. Have a donut. Like, what is happening? <laughs> You're the chief of police. Like, That's the superhero archetype, though, dude. It's the same thing with yeah. Batman. Dick Tracy and Batman both. They're like, hey, yo, cops, take a seat. I got this. Yeah, right. but Batman's yeah, not going to ask. <laughs> Batman's not going to ask Commissioner Gordon to come and babysit his nephew. You know, like. I don't know that. <laughs> so, so can we talk real quick about the sound. I mean, there, we've got several sound guys here today. Yeah. Um, it was very clear. And this is the one thing that really bothered me 
aside from the story, which the story didn't really bother me, but thinking back on it now, it's not a great story. Uh, but the sound did catch me a couple times because there were moments that things were clearly not recorded at the time they were used in the movie or they were recorded in a studio as, as opposed to recorded there uh, on set. And it was very obvious to me. I don't know if it was for you guys. You just mean like from like doing like ADR? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. I mean, nothing that stood not out. Not any more than anything else. Yeah. Nothing that stood yeah. out as like offensive. Um, we've, we've highlighted some offensive moments on this episode, on this podcast, but the the only stuff that stuck out for me for sound design was the over exaggerated sound effects but that's like if you don't have a punch that sounds ridiculous then i think you're doing it wrong but yeah the the punches were but again for a adult cartoon yeah it's supposed to be i think it fits I yeah. Mean, yeah the fact that at one point he punches 12 men with one punch is kind of ridiculous <laughs> but but also kind yeah. of awesome you know like like that montage oh oh crap we did oh have, i was about yeah uh, we did have a. Uh, we had a montage. Yes. So we had uh, several. We had, I was going to say you did not have a montage. You had one, two, three montages in a hundred-minute movie. Yeah. Which is <laughs> ballsy. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of them. We have the That's a choice. The kid. Including the kid. Back-to-back montages. Yeah. Again, ballsy choice. Yeah. We have. Uh, we have uh, the the kid joining the family montage. And then we have yep. Dick Tracy being a good cop montage, and then Dick Tracy is off off the streets, and therefore crime is uh, king montage. Montage. Like yeah. I mean, oh my and gosh! Like didn't we Dick... also have one where he's like after that, where he's like, no, 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 I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm no, that's fine. Confused. Yeah, it's the good cop montage I was thinking of. <laughs> but like, it's it's crazy to think that Dick Tracy gets pulled off the streets, and the bad guys are now just killing cops in the street. Like openly, it's like open warfare. All of a sudden, open season. Okay, it just I have to I have to say, these cops are the worst cops ever, other than Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my of notes. Yeah. Breaking the law themselves in terms of how to arrest people. Um, you've also got <laughs> Dick Tracy. He literally was caught in a room with a gun in his hand and a dead body next to him. You don't just get to go away after that or you, you you don't get out of jail for free so i mm, yeah. yeah but it's and the 30s again, it was it's shortcuts. the 1930s it, there was a lot of yeah. look the other way pal kind of stuff you know <laughs> like and the scene where his his cop buddy jumps onto the seesaw that he's created <laughs> that's the uh, because it, you never really come back to that he's kind of the the hopping man of the episode, yeah, I guess. Oh, he's there. stuck uh, in that room, isn't he? He's, he's stuck in that room, room uh, and <laughs> you never really get any resolution from that. But the co- the guy doesn't even hesitate to think, yep, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump on this seesaw. I'm not going to find a rope or a ladder or anything. I'm just going <laughs> to jump on this, and and I'm going to get stuck here. Uh, but it was a cool shot, him breaking back through the glass and all that stuff. and. But it, you would, you're right. It would have been nice for him to go. Hey, I'll I'll send somebody up for you in a little bit. Like take a nap. You know. But you're right. Like to this day, that man is still in that room. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have loved. I would have loved to see him land and like both of them like twist an ankle or be like, oh, God, gosh, son of a, oh, darn. <laughs> That's not how this movie is gonna work. Why did that. we do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's think... legitimately what it would have happened. So. 
I also think it's funny because you brought up the the punches earlier with regards to the sound design. And I also think it's hilarious, like, how big a wind-up Dick Tracy takes every <laughs> single time he swings. Like, there's no there's no jabs. There's no, you know, quick. Everything is like, reach all the way back behind you and lunge your entire body forward through the other person. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good. Very Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Lunging punches is all he knows. Puts yeah. his body into it. That's how you knock out twelve guys with one punch. Or make another Absolutely. guy you uppercut another guy and he does a full backflip. That was pretty pretty amazing. He's he's given like seven solid seconds of being exposed and vulnerable while he's winding up and cocking <laughs> and shit, dude. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm going to c- cook through a few more last-minute notes here before we move on to our next uh, thing here. Uh, let's see. I did laugh that, like, Big Boy really has so much free time running a multinational or multi-layer syndicate that he has time to run rehearsals. Oh, my I, God. <laughs> I did kind of hate that scene. I, I, it's uh, was, <laughs> he's not only the uh, the mob boss, he's also... The choreographer. The choreographer, <laughs> right. The creative consultant. I, yeah. I think De Niro, went, uh, De Niro went a little too far there in terms of it just, Again, I really wish sometimes he would be, he would be, uh, <laughs> take, take a scene off or something. It just felt too much. Yeah. At this point, it's on purpose. Um, I, I was curious, is like, <laughs> they... I'm Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'd be great. What if it was actually Robert De Niro doing the Best Al Pacino impression. Oh, that would be the best. <laughs> I I wouldn't mind that. That'd be great. Um, I did write. Oh no, not Dick Van Dyke. That's sad that he was the bad guy or a bad yeah, guy. Another Dick. How many Dicks we got in this movie? A lot. It's just a big old bag. Dicks, of dicks. and Dykes, man. Come yeah. On. Just a bag of Dicks. Um, did they? So did they bomb everyone's car? Like, did they set bombs for everybody's car just in case more people got up, or did they just <laughs> expect James Con to leave? Because you know, that's like a good if, question. Like, it feels it was like very convenient. <laughs> Yeah. Also, if I'm James Caan, how afraid am I of getting in a car at this point? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get gunned down going back for the cannoli. I'm gonna get blown up going into a car. That's how you kill James Caan is in a vehicle. Yeah. That's why he. That's why he only flies. Actually, I don't know if you know this. to get in a car has to fly everywhere. Nice. That's why he didn't get in uh, Santa's sleigh in Elf. He was a little scared of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I mentioned that, um, in that, uh, so many bullets. I did write that. So many bullets, so many bullets. And, and yeah. Oh, at that end of the, uh, the sort of end oh of my movie gosh. shootout or whatever. Yeah. Like those, oh, that was, that was Arnold worthy. That was brilliant. Yeah. Those, those drum yeah, magazines, I think they actually hold, I think 45 or 50 rat ma- uh, rounds. And there must have been 2,000 bullets in that gun. It was pretty great. <laughs> was that um? Was that flat top with the Tommy gun in the very end with the car exploding behind him and the, yeah. and the street was wet mm-hmm. and he was just going like full Scarface? That was a cool yeah. shot. Yeah. I really right. actually appreciated that last scene. Well, Say and this, hello and, to my little friend. And, right, and, right. And, uh, <laughs> Dick Tracy had that shot too, right? Like he's backlit by yeah. fire. Yeah. And fire and yeah. Machine gun. There's some cool stuff going on. They cared nothing about uh, intention for lighting. I mean, in oh, the no. 
in your uh, <laughs> the people at home can't see motivated this, but, lighting. Uh, What's that word? Mo- motivated. Oh man, yeah. It just like splashes of bright, vibrant greens and reds, just on the street or on the walls or out a window. It's uh, it was beautiful. I love stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I like when Same. when No Face is trying to highlight that she has no face. The light behind <laughs> her is like bright pink. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, okay. but everything matched, like yeah. their wardrobe and the and the lighting and the background. It was like Wes Anderson met uh, Dario Argento. Uh, is kind of what I kept <laughs> thinking. Really like well, again, I think it goes back to the. I think it goes back to the original comic strip, only having yeah. those primary colors. Exactly. Right? Well, they were the aesthetic. But seeing yeah. that on film is kind of uh, you're just not used to it. You know, like yeah. I said, unless you're watching the Grand Budapest Hotel or something. Uh, yeah. Or Suspiria. <laughs> and that's what lends itself to that like cartoon feel. Also uh, uh, lends itself to that are the uh, the different wipes. Not since Star Wipes has a director mm-hmm. been so liberal with the style of wipes he uses. Yeah. You get, yeah. You, get uh, you get the Star Wipes, you get the Looney Tunes wipes, you get the <laughs> side wipes. <laughs> and wipe the shit out of that movie. Yeah, you got baby wipes Fantastic. and... Uh, baby wipes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, ass wipes. <laughs> um... The, the last thing I wrote uh, was uh, Sam mentioned it earlier. Like people seem to be really calm when they're in peril. I mean, she's being <laughs> she's being strapped to a giant gear, and he's pontificating about having a plan, and she's just okay. Like, yeah, fine. yeah. She did kind of just lay down and take that. Too. Yeah, she didn't she, put up a fight or anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, it, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, I know like, I, her whole purpose is just to be damsel in distress, but not a. You know, scream or you're not going to get away with this or nothing. Just I'm gonna take a nap. It's fine. It's... Mondays, <laughs> am I right? Yeah. Oh, another case in of this, the Mondays. In this whole <laughs> movie, full of star, star, you know, grade A stars, top tier stars. I think Tess was not casted well. Okay. And yeah. I, think, I mean, she I was... think, she, yeah, I, I just don't think she was able to hold her own as much as as she possibly could have um if if, if it was another actress she uh, she was a bigger star in, in that time period um was that carol kane uh, uh, no no lynn Headley. No. who was it yeah do you remember ryan you remember you're usually lynn, good with random actresses yeah, lynn, lynn Headley. st andrew said it you just uh, yeah. yeah oh sorry i, I mean i'm, I'm no, trying to fine. remember what she, she was did in, uh she did mr holland's, mr. holland's opus, opus yeah Oh, that's where it is. And yep. Dirty Rotten like Scoundrels. Um, and so she was kind of popular at the time. Well, of course, mm-hmm. Mr. Holland's Opus came after this, but um, yeah. I know her from, and Sean probably knows her. She was on a couple episodes of Psych or an episode of Psych um, and Monk uh, for a while. <laughs> so, Getting that USA money. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she's. <laughs> You know, she's an ER and stuff. I mean, she's a she's a fine actress. I don't think you're wrong. My favorite part of her entire moment is when she's saying goodbye to Dick Tracy at the beginning when she's got the kid there and the kid reaches up and grabs the worst looking fake money I've ever seen on a, on a TV show. Really. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, was money, purp- yeah. it was purposely fake. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There was a big yeah. dollar sign on it in the middle or whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah, it was okay, again, very much a comic yes. Which I yeah, and I love that. I love that Warren Beatty even went to like the prop department and said, "We're gonna have lots of cash, but I want it to look ridiculous because everything (laughs) in this world is ridiculous, right?" And I I love that. Like, so when he reaches up and grabs the whatever dollar bill it was, and without even missing a beat, he goes, "Hey, are you married?" She goes, "Do you want a broken arm?" Like, I love that. (laughs) Like, 
just the threat of that she's going to break this kid's arm was enough for him to toss the money back on the table. That's my favorite part of her. Um, yeah. I don't want to uh, commandeer the show, but there is a couple of things I just want to bring up very, very Please, quickly, uh, just for the, for, for the, for the table here, uh, before we move on. And, and they all kind of had to do with the timing of this film as well. Uh, Jason and I were having a little discussion online about this and I wanted to throw it out, uh, for you guys to kind of kick around, but this is Warren Beatty's follow up to Ishtar, which is known as one of the most <laughs> disastrous films of all time. Um, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman came off of that to do Rain Man, but uh, Beatty had done nothing since then. Also, uh, Jason, I don't know if you know this, but Vittorio Storaro shot that film as well. I do, and yeah. this is his follow up to that. So, um, yeah, so it's just weird that, you know, he, he was trying to make a comeback in this way. I thought it was also weird that he was 52 years old when he made this, trying to start an action franchise. And uh, kind of going through a midlife crisis of sorts. I heard that he was dating Madonna. Um, he married Annette Bedding two years after this, uh, and he's been happily married ever since. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the, the timing of, of this coming wow. off of Ishtar. And then Madonna as well was coming uh, right after this film. She went to go do Truth or Dare uh, in 91, became this huge sex pot, and leaned into uh. that image of herself. And then uh, right after that in 92 did uh, A League of Their Own. And yeah completely became a legitimate actress uh kind of following on the heels of all of that so which i really love it's, that film i uh, find that yeah it's great it's, it's very it's very interesting to go from madonna to annette benning <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. well yeah so and, and also on that note that's kind of interesting is from what i understand it's right around the time that warren Beatty, who you know renowned playboy right like very handsome dude you know girl every different day of the week type guy was in that mode. Like you said, he's older, he's in his fifties and he's starting to settle down, right? He's probably got this relationship with Annette, and it's starting to go really well. And so apparently he was kind of going through that inner turmoil as well of like, Hey, you know, is it time to hang up the playboy cleats and settle down? And so, uh, you know, you see a lot of that come through in the love triangle between, um, you know, the test character and the Madonna's character in there as well. And I think it's interesting because he would go on to eventually choose to settle down. And as Ryan said, that worked out very well, happily married. And I think it's interesting that in the film, Dick Tracy also chooses to settle down, you know, so that mm -hmm. may be also reflective of Warren Beatty. Life imitates art. Yeah, exactly. I always think of Annette Benning in uh, Mars Attacks. And it's such I love a that bad, movie so much. <laughs> it's such a, I mean, it's a good movie, but it's such a bad movie at the same time that <laughs> that's what but I like intention her with. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, supposed, it's supposed to, be to be that way. Yeah, it's kind of a spoof. While we're on the topic of Madonna, how bonkers was that scene where she was on all fours with the martini <laughs> on the? And it turns what into in the world, the right? Yeah. That was that was my WTF moment of the whole movie where I just kind of I threw my notes on the ground. I was like, well, uh, well I'm just winging it. For, I don't. I got nothing. <laughs> he has. I don't know. Dick Tracy has far greater. Uh, What's the word? Control? Uh, <laughs> control. Self-control, yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, no, amen. Th 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 so this is, this is my moment that you had with that, Ryan. It was like right before that, and it's actually some dialogue. So it's right before Madonna shows up to Dick Tracy's office. And Tess, the you know future wife character, says, hey, I'm going to go get us some ice cream. I'll be back. She leaves, and then some time passes, and then there's a knock on Dick Tracy's door. And he's like, ah, Tess. You've come back with the ice cream. What flavor did you bring me? And he opens the door and it's Madonna. 
And she's standing there and looks him dead in the eye and says, Peach, you better eat it now. It's <laughs> starting to run a little. Yeah. That is not acceptable for a people. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not at all. Wow. <laughs> you can make the, the argument that like kids don't know what but still. That's not a Pixar like, huh, get it, parents? Like that's a right. for the lot. Now, this right. this film is rated PG, by the way. Yeah. Again, this is before this is before that PG thirteen. PG thirteen had been out for years. Oh, yeah. okay. That was Temple of Doom. Right. It was actually, that's you know, right. That's right. Uh, it was Temple of Doom. As yeah. well. No. Gremlins. Yes. Gremlins. Yeah. Because well, a bunch of a bunch of uh it was only PG or R, and so they initially gave Gremlins an R, and they're like, look, there's no blood, there's no you know language. Like, how can you give us an R? And they're like, Well, I guess you're right. We'll go give you the PG. And then Warner Brothers was like, sweet PG Christmas movie. Market the hell out of it as such. (laughs) Children crying in the middle of the theater. (laughs) And they're like, I think we need to come up with an in-between. And they're like, okay, let's go PG-13. That sounds about right. I was always taught that Temple of Doom was the movie where they were like, yep, this needs to be the next thing. And that Gremlins was the... like the one that were like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was always taught that Temple of Doom was the thing and then Gremlins was like the first PG-13 or something like that. I, I, I think I've, it's flipped because ways. Gremlins is PG and I think Temple of Doom is PG-13. So yeah, it might be a thing where yeah. Gremlins inspired Temple the PG-13. Right. Then yep. given to and Temple of Doom was the apparent. first one to get the rating. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, this deserved a PG-13 rating. Yeah. We all <laughs> agree on that. I mean, there's there's nipples. Yeah. yeah, there's not one baby. Oh, yeah. It's not even just nipples; it's whole ass breasts. You can see yeah. them, clear as day. Yep, they're they are there. I paused it. <laughs> it's gonna be in one of those most paused uh, scenes in movie history things. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I can't get past that. You just said whole ass breasts. That's a great line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we just got your show a PG thirteen rating right there. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Articulate what I'm saying, Jason. Is this it? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Hey, you didn't invite <laughs> us on for a PG rating. That's not we're what we're going to do. Poet sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you're right. I did not. Okay. Time <laughs> for some clips. I have some clips. Any, anybody else have anything else to say for the good of the order before I play clips? No? Okay, good. Time Excuse for the clips. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I'll call up Sam every now and then. And I'll say, hey, Sam, what's going on? And sometimes Sam is just in a bad mood, and this is what he said to me today. Go suck an egg. It's very strange. <laughs> also, I don't know why your voice sounds like that, but it is. Yeah. As a five-year-old, I was. I remember being told, you do not say that to adults. Yeah. <laughs> you do not say that. It's not okay. Yeah, not okay. Okay. Uh, this made me laugh. Sam, get these fingerprints. Flat top and itchy for what? I want to find Lips Manless fast. With a handful of walnuts? Yeah, with a handful of walnuts. Walnuts. Again, I don't know why that works for me. <laughs> Speaking of walnuts, this episode is sponsored again by Manscaped 4.0. Lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> 4, 4.0. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know one thing I like is a strong scrotum. Speaking of uh, uh, Al Pacino, sorry, Robert De Niro playing Al Pacino, screaming, uh, here's some of that right now. I say. I say you say nothing. I say, you get behind me, we all profit. You challenge me, we all go down. 
There was one Napoleon, one Washington, one me. Could you imagine being the sound guy for that man? It would be a nightmare. <laughs> no, thank you. Ryan, you're like, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Pacino, we overmodulated again. That was 13 times, Ryan! <laughs> Turn the microphone down. Like, yeah. it's, like, like him and Jim Carrey, I would imagine, would be nightmares to like be sound guys for. Set your uh, limiters. Robert, uh, Set Robin your limiters, Williams. folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Robin Williams a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know if he got as loud as either of those other two guys, but maybe. Um Apparently, this movie uh, was interjected a little bit by Judge Dredd. So here you go. You have just said goodbye to oxygen. You silly, stupid cop. You refuse me. I offer you the keys to a kingdom, and you tell me you're an officer of the law. I am the law! There you go. (laughs) Nice. And you know that Judge Dredd um, was originally a comic graphic novel, so you know. Yeah. yeah there you go. A lot of, lot Little of... bit of a uh, Jack Nicholson in there too. I I am the Shore Patrol. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was looking to see if I had that or not, but I don't have it handy. That's okay, no problem. Um, I just like this because I love the fact that we've got, um, uh, oh gosh, my my I'm about to pull a, a Sam here. I can't remember his name. Um, Mumble. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, saying that right. I love his laugh. This just cracks me up. I don't know why, <laughs> it just does. What do you think, Mumbles? Big boy did it. Big boy did it. Big boy did it. Big boy did it. Still going. <laughs> Okay, it's done. So, <laughs> so is that I the wonder... equivalent of zooming in on a uh, like a, a CTV camera, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he and Mandy Patinkin kind of had like a laugh off because Mandy Patinkin had a weird laugh too. At, uh... I didn't capture it, but you're right. It's a ridiculous laugh. Yeah. yeah. So bad. Um, it's it's almost distractingly bad because Pacino is having to like yell over Patinkin's scream. You know his ridiculous <laughs> laugh. It's it's kind of interesting. Uh, again, more of the same kind of bit where the guys have to repeat stuff. So what do we do? Grab eighty-eight keys. I go straight for big boy. Yeah, Tracy. What do we do? Grab eighty-eight keys or go straight for big boy? Is the enemy of my enemy, my friend. Or the enemy of my friend, my enemy. What? Or the enemy of my enemy, my enemy. What did he say? The enemy of my enemy is my enemy. He said the enemy of his enemy is his enemy. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Were those party favors in the background? Yeah, they brought that last second there. <laughs> okay. It's the, uh, the, the New Year's I was Eve like, thing. okay, Danny Elfman, that's all right. And then I heard <laughs> kazoos. Yeah, no, it, it, it's the New Year's Eve party. Maybe your kid's awake again. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> he's exchanged his harmonica for a kazoo. Yeah, uh, this is the last one. You can make a pretty funny sexual innuendo here. I'm not going to do it because I am more highbrow than that. But here you go. A man without a plan is not a man. Nietzsche. Wait a minute. Wait. I'm having a thought. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm going to have a thought. It's coming. It's gone. (laughs) 
What in the world? I mean, was that in the script? Uh, it couldn't have been in the script. I mean, right? It just makes no. I almost so feel like I almost no feel like sense. that was one of those moments where he forgot the line. Yeah, and he was just <laughs> improvising, yeah. and they were like, yeah. "That actually kind of works." Yeah, I think you're. You right, might be right. right. Yeah, you I hope I, you're right. You know what I loved about this moment though is like I don't know if we have any like other huge Dumb and Dumber fans here in the room. Uh, but yeah, that's there's a line where Jim Carrey uses that exact joke where they're talking mm-hmm. about it. He's talking to Jeff Daniels and he's like, "Okay, so wait a minute. I think yes, I just had a thought. Okay, so here's what we do." And yeah. And I was like, "Wow, Jim Carrey just totally jacked the joke from Dick Tracy. Go figure." I, one of my favorite like moments in that like if we're if we're making the assumption that he actually just forgot the line but did this, um one of my favorite moments is in uh, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events where Jim Carrey screws up the line and he says, nope, hold up, let's rewind that we're going to reset and he does it and then does the line, but he stayed in character and so they used it because it was funny uh, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like awesome. little moments like that so before we get into the trivia game uh, we're going to start doing promotions on the show. You've heard a few of them at the end of the episode. I'm going to start putting them here right before the trivia game as almost, as if to say that, well, they are sponsoring the trivia game. So this week, here are our sponsors. Hey, it's Ebony, and you may know me from such podcasts as The Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome. But did you know I also have a solo podcast? That's right, the Sweet and Sour Nuggies podcast with one episode on short life stories of the Sweet and Sour variety and the other Mental Health Mondays to be your guide to everything mental health and more. So grab your nuggies and follow us at Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Sweet and Sour Nuggies podcast available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods and more. Now readily available for your listening pleasure. Hey everybody, I'm Jess. And I'm Ebony. And we are the Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome. We are about the wacky, the wonderful, the weird, the strange, <laughs> the unusual, the gore, the, f- the actors, <laughs> the connection, the theater, the passion, the love. Pretty much everything that comes film with films. Yeah. But if it's if it's on a, a screen, we are there. We are reviewing. We love snacks. We love people. We love love. We just love film. We love films. So, so come join us on the couch. If you're as crazy as film as we are, come join us and have a good time with us. See you soon, my loves. Bye. All right. Uh, time for uh, uh, this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? This is our trivia game, which is not really a trivia game. It's more like a did you notice, right? Isn't that what we call it, Andrew? Did you notice? Yeah, that's what we call it. Did you yeah. notice? Um I will, uh, well, here are the rules. Basically, we're going to make uh, Jason and Ryan uh, play against each other in yeah. a, a game of Did You Notice? And I will select at random here uh, people that retweeted our uh, post here and let them, uh, you're going to basically play for those people. And that person's going to be, let's see, random um, number one is going to be, so Ryan, you're going to be playing for. Abigail from the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast. And Jason, you are going to play for, let's see, they've already won and they've already won. So you're going to be playing for two idiots and a dog. <laughs> I got y'all. Let's do this. I'm going to strap yeah. you guys on my back. That's right. I got I got, <laughs> the, right. I got the score here, so we're good. All right. 
Okay, so I did a flip of the coin, and Ryan, you're going to go first. All right, let's see how this goes. This movie right. washed over me like a fever dream on Robitussin, so I don't know how good I'm going to be at this. This is a little bit experience. Uh, so I'm going to ask a pretty easy question to start off with. If you get it, you get a point. If not, it's going to go to Jason. If Jason knows the answer, he'll get the point. So here we go. Uh, how many times does the kid ask the question, when do we eat? <laughs> <laughs> closest without going over like if i take a stab at this how does this work yeah i mean it's just a it's a right or wrong answer so you go okay. for it got it we're gonna go for 10 no all right no. jason okay give it a shot i have that five it is five exactly oh wow, two idiots wow. And a dog. you are welcome <laughs> all right question number two big uh this goes to jason Big Boy quotes four famous historical figures. Nietzsche is one, as Sean has mentioned in the clip. <laughs> who are picked up on that. Who are three others? Name all three, please. Jeez, oh, dude, I'm gonna be uh, lucky to get you one. So uh, I'm just gonna go out there and throw uh, Descartes, Jung, and Kierkegaard. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> let's, let's, let's see what you got. Uh, I, I seem to remember Plato being one of them. Um, Freud has to be one of them because of all the sexual references <laughs> that's had to be thrown in. Um, I, 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 I couldn't even tell you the third, go ahead. The, the three other that were mentioned were Jefferson Lincoln and Benjamin Franklin. Oh, those aren't philosophers at all. Oh, yeah. you really got threw it. for a loop with the Nietzsche thing. You got to go. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, I was going. Yeah, correct. That one was kind of weird. All right, so back to Ryan. In the opening scene of the movie, there are four items on a desk. What are they? I know this. Oh. Items on a desk. In the opening scene, the, the very the, first the, scene we the, see the audio after, clip that I played, the audio clip yep. that I played is from that scene. Right, I right, right. One yeah. of them, yeah. Uh, a radio. Yes. Um. Is it his watch and a newspaper and a? It's not his hat. That'd be hanging up on the wall. All right, let's go. Let's go on to Jason. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> All right. Uh, radio, watch, newspaper, telephone. Radio, Close. radio, watch, gun, and I think was the last one his badge. Yes, it was his ah, badge. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, That's a little unfair question. because I just watched that scene like an That's hour true. and a half ago to pull the clip. So. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, question number. Four. This is gonna. Who was that one too, Ryan? So this one goes to Jason. Flowers were delivered to Dick Tracy along with a letter that was supposedly from Tess. What kind of flowers were they? I remember this. Tulips. Not tulips. I remember this one. Oh, it should have been though. That would have been the greatest (laughs) entendre. Tulips, you say? My tulips to you. Um. (laughs) 
weren't roses. No, go no. ahead. Were they, they were lilies? lilies? They were yes. lilies. Yeah. I would have gotten that one. All right. Because he says, what do you want me to do with these lilies? Put them in some water? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. And then the last question, this is going to go to Ryan. On his way back home, after speaking with Breathless in her black lingerie, a white van drives by on screen. What is written on that van? Wow. I'll give you this one word. Uh oh, I know what it is. I remember now. Do you? Yeah. It's not. Think. All right, I'm, I'm gonna give you a hint because this is fun. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Sean. Go just ahead. Think, yeah, yeah. Just think. Just think. 1930s. A white delivery van. Yeah. Was it milk? I was gonna say it's milk. milk. It's yeah. milk. Oh, I was gonna say milk. That's about a good. All right, so we have a tie. So you're tied. We have a yeah. tie, and I actually have one more question. I always have six, just in case there is a tie. <laughs> so, uh, so the way the tiebreaker is going to work is I'm going to ask a question, and you call out your name if you know the answer, and whoever gets it first gets the gets this question. Family feud rules. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how many big? Uh, how many of Big Boy's henchmen at, at the final scene where we're all sitting around the table are women? Jason. All right, Jason. None. Ryan. Ryan. One. One. It's right behind you. It was zero or one. It took the shot. See, okay. Here's the funny thing. I was actually looking, and my square stops at the guy with the dead face in red. (laughs) So I can't. So Catherine. Catherine O'Hara Catherine from O'Hara. Schitt's Creek yes. and oh, wow. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. She is she is the one uh, female uh, henchman. So there. I actually nice. uh, I saw that because uh, Macaulay Culkin was up for kids role, but he took Home Alone instead, starring Catherine yeah. O'Hara. But she still got to cameo in this movie somehow, which is cool. Yeah, because they nice. both dropped in the same year. Yeah. So Ryan is our winner tonight. Congratulations. Yeah. Good job, Ryan. Good job, Ryan. Good job, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Sorry, so, dog idiots. That's okay, which is funny because <laughs> Abigail is our winner, and next week she is our guest. So, hey! Wow. Um, I, nice. will, uh, I will mail her gifts uh, uh, then. All right, time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. This is where we do our top three, our top three uh, category. This week is um, we can either do movies in general or characters with really great makeup slash prosthetics, right? So that's kind of the idea that we're going for. <coughs> we're trying to stay away from like the CGI stuff. We're looking for people, yeah. real people with just awesome makeup and prosthetics on their bodies to uh, to enhance the character. And I will let Sam go first. All right. So I actually have an honorable mention. Um, for whoever did the makeup in Monster on uh, Charlie Theron, Charlie, okay, Char- sure. Charlie's, Charlie's Theron, sure, you're close. Um, and somehow made her ugly in that movie because that's virtually impossible to do. But my real three, number three, I have uh, the makeup on Ian Malcolm in The Fly. Ugh, Ian Malcolm, yeah. <laughs> and then I've got uh, Lord of the Rings, the original Lord of the Rings, yeah. not Hobbit. Um, like the Ralph Bashke animated? No, he, he means, he, no, he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my my number one has to go to a movie that um, I'm trying to get on this show to to watch. It's subtitled, which is hard. Um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Jurassic Park. 
Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did they they did okay in that. I think we did know. Jurassic Park. Uh, cool. All right. Well, so, yep, um, that's my three. All right, uh, Ryan. Well, I uh, I chose uh, Brundlefly as well, so I'm going to go uh, right. default nice. to my backup. Uh, I figured Jason and I were going to hit that one together because we've been looking for an excuse to watch The Fly. We covered a couple of Cronenberg films already. Uh, so I'm going to go with um, Hellboy. Okay, we'll just, yeah. just uh, yeah. go to another uh, Guillermo del Toro classic. Um, yes. And then uh, I'm going to go with Michael Rooker's character in Slither by James oh, Gunn. Yeah. Uh, by the end, he's a yeah. totally mutant face and whatnot, uh, with yeah. half his teeth showing in the whole bit. Uh, and then the iconic, uh, my childhood iconic character with uh, facial prosthetics, uh, Robert Englund in Nightmare on Elm Street uh, as Freddy oh, Krueger. Oh, the burns. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Cool. Solid. All right, Jason. Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a uh, honorable mention shout out to uh, Ham- Howie Mandel from Little Monsters. Little Monsters, wow. Well <laughs> played, well played. Uh, so I am actually going movies, but I'll, but I'll, because there's there's some crossover for a minute. We'll, we'll go both. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, is uh, uh, a film that Ryan and I looked at and we adore like no other so much so that we opened season two with it. Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. And that's not oh. any one creature. That's literally just all the creatures, all the zombies leading up to the giant mom creature that's the size of a house at the Love end. Love it. Get a bucket. Uh, <laughs> yes. Nice. And the second that I have is actually a movie that I don't know if uh, it's not quite as popular. It's actually Stuart Gordon. It's his follow-up to Reanimator called From Beyond. And I don't know if any of you have seen this. No, uh, no, it's no. uh it's actually based on an HP Lovecraft and it deals with this guy who basically taps into this signal that if you expand your pineal gland, it opens you up to this like dimension that exists beyond the ether. And then he basically starts to uh, become like this giant grotesque monster slowly, but surely kind of in like a, you know, Hellraiser or a lot of these types of things. Uh, right. I I expand my pineal gland all the time. <laughs> Especially in the morning. I wake up and it's yeah. always expanded. <laughs> and number three, okay, not the movie. This might be a controversial take. For number three, I have The Thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. But it's not the movie John Carpenter's The Thing. It is the creation The Thing Within the movie, John Carpenter's The Thing, because the movie The Thing is overrated. There, I said it. Oh. There's your hot take for the day, Sean. Okay. Oh, hotter take. John Carpenter is the single most overrated filmmaker out Ooh. there. There you go. J- Jason's just on a world tour, just going around telling people this. He just can't wait to go on shows See? and just wreck everyone's fun time. about My John guilty Carpenter. pleasure recently has been the Halloween movies, so... <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, it was okay, and I'm sure... Now, here's the thing. You know, my understanding is that the slasher didn't really exist before that, and if that's the case, you know, more power to you. But, like, he's such a lazy filmmaker, and people just don't (laughs) understand this. Like, that guy... That if he could just cover the entire movie in nothing but wide shots and get the hell out of there as quickly as possible, he he really already does that pretty much as it is. Coverage? No, we don't need coverage. Close-ups? Can you all just stand together? We'll get all seven of you at once, and I'll just let the camera run, and then we can go do blow and get out of here. Like, close-ups. <laughs> you know how long it's going to take to get close-ups? 
Are you feel better now, bud? You okay? Much better. All right. Exercise. Cool. All right. So the thing sorry about that, guys. The thing, not, it's <laughs> a thing he does. I apologize to everybody listening. <laughs> He's just got to get it out there. He's got to get it out of the system. <laughs> it's it's funny. I'm banging my hand on my desk right now. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, our guest that'll be coming on our fourth week for the um, the the Evil Bunny Rabbit movie. Uh, she also kind of hates, and not kind of like very much hates the. Uh, the Halloween movies think they're very overrated and not scary and whatever. And, she, and like she does a horror podcast, so oh wow, I would okay. uh, take her, uh, take her whatever. Though again, we just watched those. We just watched uh, Halloween one and then Halloween twenty eighteen and then Halloween Kills. Not like back in October for other podcasts. And I think mm-hmm. we all said Halloween the original is good. Halloween twenty eighteen really good. Halloween Kills is god awful. Or, uh, really? Yeah, we, we all kind of hated that movie. It um, totally, uh, it the momentum was there, but man, it fell flat. It did. Uh, 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 yeah. Well, m- the- my retort to Jason is always Big Trouble, Little China. Yeah, I have to represent of, that film. That's a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> and, and it scores some easy points because everybody loves that movie, and of course they're going to jump on your side. It's like. I'm basically like it's it's this and my t- and it, you know it's Tucker and Dale all over again, but I don't have you by my side. All right, uh, you we, guys were yeah. the Tucker and Dale we're, podcast. We're the two that hate Tucker right. and Dale. Oh, oh we know. Lay it on we us. Love. Used to it. Dude, we're Tucker so and Dale used was to amazing. It. Come on, we it's, love Tucker. Love this is oh, a really friendly show, guys. You please have us back on sometime when we have more time so we can this discuss is, this. No, I don't want to go so on another hour. Rant. I know we don't have time for this. You but made I the would joke. Like to discuss this with you. You made the joke earlier, like we didn't bring you on here because uh, we want to keep things PG. I literally brought you. I actually invited you on after listening to that episode, and oh, I was wow. like, "Oh, I want to have these guys on the show." And it just so happened that then Jason and I would get teamed up together on America's Next Top Podcaster, which was really fun. Yeah, so super fun. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, your your take on on Tucker and Dale was a lot of was really interesting to me because, like, it's wrong. Was nothing was wrong. <laughs> it's your opinion. It's your opinion. I don't I don't care about your opinion. I just thought it was really interesting. like you had like these really. I don't care about your opinion, Sean. How about that? Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's that's your opinion too. Um, like I I was I was gonna give you some props, but never mind. Don't listen to that episode. Say, I, I, I They're horrible people. Uh, they they beat. Women, children, and dogs. So don't listen to their show. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I was going to no. say something nice about you, but not anymore. No. Need to <laughs> Stick um, around for the hip hop homage to the country store that I do in that episode. Uh, I worked hard on that. Honestly, I was kind of glad it's Ryan this time. I'm the one that's always screwing things up for us. So <laughs> my top three, uh, I went pretty generic because, again, I forgot to do them before the show and I was doing them during the show. So Beetlejuice is my number three. Oh, brilliant. Tight work. And then Tight work. Uh-huh. Number two, I'm just going to say Star Wars A New Hope because all of like the dudes in the cantina, like that was, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. that's puppetry, but there's still a lot of kind of fun prosthetics and makeup. And there's just a lot of fun stuff throughout that whole movie anyway. I mean, Chewbacca, for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's a suit. Yeah. I guess it's not really makeup or prosthetics. It's well, just and they suit, painted that guy gold effects, though. Uh, in the robot outfit. Yeah, so he was. Yeah. He was, he was totally. And they uh, made they somehow they made yeah. poor Kenny Baker look like a, ro- a droid. Also, I'm not sure how they did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, none of those things are real. But like some of the other movies are, <laughs> are really good at that too. I mean, Empire Strikes Back has got some more aliens, and obviously, uh, I think Return of the Jedi probably has the most just aliens. That first half hour. Yeah. Well, even like yeah. you know Akbar and like whatever, like you know, like there's a lot of again. That's just 
It's a suit. I guess that's prosthetics, right? I guess that counts. Uh, so that's totally. so that's gonna be number two is uh, Star Wars. And then I was I was trying to nail down a Star Trek movie that I think had probably the best on this. And so I went with Star Trek Six because again that movie has a lot of different aliens at one time when they're on the prison planet. Mm-hmm. There's like aliens. It's all over the place. And so I went with Star Trek Six. Andrew, awesome. All right, I have uh, the Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman as uh, mm. um, oh, Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Churchill. I'm Winston yeah. Churchill. I am yeah. Winston Churchill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have the Nutty Professor with Eddie Eddie Murphy. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the fat um, Rick Baker. Yeah. <laughs> and then number one, I have Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams. Nice. Hello. No. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Help is on the way. <laughs> oh, it was a, fr- a run by fruiting. Uh. <laughs> Wait, if we're doing accents, can I please get one other person to give me an Al Pacino? I don't care who it is. Come on. Come on, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't do a, a Pacino. Uh, yeah. No? Uh, I'm gonna no. Go back Andrew, to this. Do you, do, you do a De Niro? Because apparently they're <laughs> very similar. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. one of I the don't same. know. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of the same thing there. The Pacino. <laughs> right. That's good. You know. We'll do it. We'll do it. Not bad. It's, it's not bad. It's not. Yeah. It's not terrible. I don't really focus on it though. Yeah, you, you're just you just kind of turned a little bit into like Ben Affleck trying to do mobster a little bit there. A little little. Yeah. What, wait. Uh, isn't Ben Affleck Australian though? Yeah. yeah according to Sam, he is. Is he yes. really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Just like from Chicago or some shit. He's from. <laughs> he's from Boston. Boston. The, the, he's one accent, the one from Boston. accent that Sam has ever tried to do was Ben Affleck, and it came out Australian. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What is, I don't know what you're talking about. We had Ben Affleck on the show. He was there. I saw him. <laughs> Here's the thing. First of all, like, who has a less distinctive voice than Ben Affleck? You're just. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, mate. Yeah. Let's get a shrimp on the barbie. This is like, hi, I'm Ben Affleck. That's Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. No, according to Sam, he's yeah. Australian. Yeah. And it was, it was. He works at the Outback. Hi, mate. It's me, Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. That's exactly yeah, it. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's like he's here with us again. You, you are not wrong. <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Twitter. We had a couple on Twitter. Uh, um, Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable says Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Thing, and Star Trek Beyond. Uh, Let's see. On My Way Fam, he is at Rui for the Ace 85, says Penguin from Batman, Fat Thor Avengers, and Data from Star Trek. Uh, Two Idiots and a Dog says Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, and The Shape of Water. So he likes some Del Toro there. I was going to (laughs) say, I wonder if there's a thread between those three. Cam from Green Shirt, uh, the uh, Green Shirt 87 at Green Shirt 87, um, says, an American werewolf in London, Hellraiser and Legend. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to swap out Legend for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, I almost said Guardians of the Galaxy because there's so much good makeup Mm -hmm. done in that. Yeah. Yeah. Taser face. (laughs) (laughs) See, that was so close to Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taser face. Uh, that's exactly. That is absolutely perfect. That's amazing. Uh, all right, time for 
Wait, what's supposed to happen? Well, Daniel Radcliffe, this is where we give this movie a score from zero to ten. And I will uh, again let no Andrew goes first. Yeah, IMDb gives this a six point two out of ten. I'm gonna have to go a little bit higher. I think it's uh, I think it's a well done film. I think it's a, a good translation between comic strip and and media, a different form of media. And um, I'm gonna give this an eight. Oh wow! Out oh, wow. of ten, nice. yeah, yeah, just a solid eight. That's crazy. Just curious, Andrew, what would you have given um, about said Waterworld? Well, Watchmen last week. Watchmen would probably have been at a six somewhere, somewhere in that maybe 6.7. Oh, I gave it a six. So, if you, Wow. If I you guess give, that's why you guys like Tucker and Dale. If you gave, uh, <laughs> My man. If you gave it a 6.7, <laughs> that gives that movie an average of 7.1. So, yeah. Uh, now you're going to make me do it. You're going to make me do it. All right, so Tucker and Dale. Let's see. What was... <laughs> How long ago was that movie, guys? Oh, um, man, that was top 100, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was up there. Uh, Tucker and Dale. I got to find it. I got to find it. Damn That it. was actually before I came on the show, so it was before 100. Yeah. Control I F. Yeah, I Everyone takes it so personally. Every time. Tucker and Dale yeah, was no, a 7.75. It's like I just made fun of your mama. Like, this is like <laughs> a your mama joke. Well, yeah. Well, dude, you guys, you should go listen to our Princess Bride episode. You would have think that Andrew and I shat on the graves of little <laughs> children or something. I mean, <laughs> Jesse was Man. not happy with Andrew and barely tolerated me. So, I mean, that at least has nostal- intrinsic nostalgia value attached yeah, to it for a lot of people. Sure. But Tucker and Dale doesn't. That movie just came out a few yeah. years ago. It should, though. Okay. <laughs> it's an instant cult classic. Uh, you should all go listen to their episode on it and then tell them how much they're wrong. Uh, but, uh, did you guys do an episode on it? Yeah, I just told you. Okay. I'll have to go back and look. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I don't recommend you do that. That's fair. (laughs) That was a long time ago. Our show sounds so different back then. That was pre, again, I think that was, I just found it, but it was, uh, um, what episode was that? Episode number 40 something, 41. Yeah. Yeah, that's back when we were again in black and white yeah. for Technicolor. Yeah, You'd be right. surprised though, man. Like we we feel the same way about like our first ten episodes probably, and like they still get pretty solid listens. Yeah, I don't know how I don't I could go back and look at the ratings. That what we gave that movie we gave that movie a seven point seven five four. So okay, there you go, yeah, Tucker and Dale. Yeah. But uh, now it's I've been wrong about things before too. So well, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, <laughs> let's see. Um, what would you? So the way my math works, I have to have you guys give a collective score. So Jason, what is your score? Uh, so I am giving this one at not quite Andrew level, but just underneath at seven and a half. Seven and a half out of ten. Okay, Ryan. Yep. Also seven and a half. Oh, that makes my oh, life wow. so much easier. Man. Yeah. Okay. You should have made him do some math. That would have been better. If you would have said 7.25, I would have been a little frustrated. Okay, uh, Sam. Prime number 7.3 and 7.7. God damn it, that just makes out to 7.5. This is is why why I'm not a math major. (laughs) Sam. All right. Um, I am obviously the dissenting opinion on this case, so um, I I, got to give it a 5.5. I was. I didn't like it. I wow. didn't like it. Yeah. That's fine. Sorry I probably would have given it uh, 5.5 when I was like eight or whatever that first time I saw it. Yeah. I, re- I get it. 
know? Yeah, I probably Dude. would have too, honestly. If you would have asked me this, heck, if you would have asked me this, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, like college age yeah. me would have said, oh, Dick Tracy was terrible. It had like one scene and that guy was eating oysters or whatever. Like I, again, I don't remember <laughs> much from it. Uh, but I had such a good time with this. So I'm just going to cop out and also say a 7.5 because it makes the math work. Cool. And that gives nice. us a, a cumulative score of 7.125. And nice. I am I am okay with that. I am okay that Dick Tracy is ranked higher than Watchmen. Okay? <laughs> yeah. oh. Wow. God, you know what? No. I'll bet you Warren Beatty's probably totally cool with a 7.1 as well. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's parked right Better underneath. than it was received at the time it came out? Yeah. I think that's what this movie deserves. 7.15. Yeah. yeah. It feels accurate. It feels solid. With that. Yeah. It, it's parked right under uh, movies like The King's Man. That we've done recently, and mm-hmm. The Conjuring Two and Trick or Treat. I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think that's those. Those are. Do you guys fine. see? Uh, Do you guys see Roger Ebert gave this four stars? Nice. No, Did I didn't really? see that. But wow, apparently, good for him. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah, but he likes crap movies though. Well, that's fair. Does he? I don't know. Um, He's an interesting dude. He kind of he always beats to the or dances to the beat of his own drum or whatever the expression is. He gave the Spawn movie three and a half out of four stars. That's unusual. Oh, that, that's no, that's <laughs> yeah. a bad movie. That's a bad. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, um, that's it. That's our show. Usually, I do say something. We we did kind of mention the the score being Danny Elfman, and it was great. I do have in my notes a, a spot for soundtrack grade, but it's been so long since I've actually done it. I'm just going to delete it right here on air. Look at that, gone. Um, Guys, this has been so much fun. This is where you now take the opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find your show and listen to uh, your stuff. Because even though we disagree on a particular movie, you have a lot of other episodes that are great, and they should find them (laughs) where. Yeah, so uh, we are available on all of the major streaming platforms. So whether that is iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it, we're on there. We even just got ourselves added to some, uh, what is it called, Ghana? It's like an in, an Indian directory or something like that. So And Amazon. Yeah, oh, and Amazon. Yeah, we're, we're crushing on nice Amazon. Nice growth right on uh, Amazon podcasts for yeah. some reason. So, uh, yeah, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. We also have a website, esotericacinema.com. We've got a web player on there. And we also have access to our master list of films. So, uh, kind of similar to you, Sean, like we'll look at pretty much any movie under the sun in terms of genre and all of that. We're just really bad at making decisions. So what we decided to do is take all the movies that we, we might want to watch, put them on a master list numbered one through 200. And then we have a random movie, uh, random number generator that we pull from at the end of every episode and whatever number it pulls is the movie we watch. So every week we're never really sure what movie we're going to be looking at, but you can be certain that it's probably going to be something that exists outside of the mainstream. We tend to look at some of those smaller films, more independent films, classic films, older films, basically anything that's not a huge summer blockbuster. Uh, we'll got it. So yeah, go ahead and check us out. Esoterica Cinema. We know it's a mouthful, but nice. make sure to get that A in there. And on Twitter and on uh, Instagram as well. Come see us and say hi. And uh, our personals are kind of t- tethered to those as well, so you could find us through there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, and of course, I'll link uh, your stuff in our show notes. Um, that's it. That's our show, right? I can't think of anything else uh, meaningful to say. I mean, really, other than just thanking you guys for having us on, this yeah, has been a blast, you very, very man. Much. Like, first of all, just an excuse to watch this movie. This is 100% not a movie I would have gone back and watched, and I'm Fair. really glad that I did. And I think it's also, 
I think most people are kind of in that mentality. So, you know, if someone's like, hey, what's a movie I should consider watching that I'd never watch? You're like, dude, I got you. Hold on. <laughs> and if you don't trust me, go listen to Cheap Seat. So, um, yeah, man, like, you know, we had a blast. Really appreciate the opportunity. So thanks, man. Absolutely. Uh, again, yeah, thanks thank for you joining us. For coming on. Um, we are Cheap Seat Reviews. Go to uh, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. Um, there you can find links to all the stuff. Go buy some merch. You know it would be super duper awesome if everyone listening right now pulled out their phone or whatever device that they're listening to and left us a review on either Spotify, which now can do reviews if you listen to a show long enough, or uh, Apple Podcasts. Those are kind of the best places to help rank us up. I have a goal, ladies and gentlemen. We will be a top 100 podcast in America uh, in TV film category. That is, the, that is the goal. We're right around 400. I want to get to 100. I need your Boom. help to do it. You, have, you guys have the power to make that a thing. Um, I believe in you. Uh, so please help us out. Leave us a review, five-star review, two, two or three sentences, super simple. We love you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, next week, like I said, we're doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, and I'm looking forward to doing that, though maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. So on behalf of Ryan, Jason, Andrew, and Sam, this is saying, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.